want me to sing for you at the top of the show? Um, you you were you were so um, melodic and angelic at the beginning of the last episode when uh, when Sarah was on. I think we all need that treat again. Let's hear that lovely voice. Come on. I honestly forgot what we did at the intro of that episode. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, how about um, what do you like? You want some Queen? Um, yes. No, you're not getting Queen. You're all getting. Right. Uh, I am a Queen. You're but getting. That's fine. According to my daughter, that's what she calls me. She says my daddy's a queen. Uh, that's what I get all the time. That's what I get Aww. all the time. Yeah, and she's thirteen, so we're talking about a tough critic here. Right? That's true. Thirteen. Speaking of numbers, uh, TBA podcast. We are live. Episode six, six and thirteen. The best two numbers you could think of. Um, those are our episode number six, and. Um, Mo's daughter's 13. And uh, what else? What other bad number is there? Um, 13 is actually my favorite number, and it is, it's my lucky number, too. So there's... It's also James Harden's number, but he keeps switching teams. But he's almost at 13. He's almost on his 13th team, so that makes sense. Well, um, yeah. We have uh, a lovely guest for you guys today on TBA Podcast, uh, Episode 6. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, please follow us on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, I'll have all of, or Mo will have all of that on the screen at some point. Um, and uh, follow us there. Our guest is straight out of Houston. Um, she has a lovely book called, hopefully you can see this. Oh, man, I knew that would happen. Let's see. Oh, man. <laughs> You guys see it? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Tehran to Miami. Uh, it's about her journey and more. Uh, leaving Iran and going to Miami and everything uh, about her life. Uh, give it up for Donya Ziraksari. What's up, Donya? Not much. Hey, hey, y'all. I am straight out of Houston. That's right. She loves Houston. I had the honor of working with Donya uh, a few months ago. Um, uh, major human rights activist. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing on December 10th. Awesome. First of all, hi, hello to everyone that is listening to us. I'm glad that y'all took off with this podcast. Um, the name stuck, right? TBA? Just it is what it is at this point right um but i love it i've listened to some of your podcasts that's really awesome december 10th is international human rights day and we have an event here in houston downtown um a lot of nonprofit organizations have partnered up with my nonprofit, uh, which is called equal human rights organization we have partnered up with the Baha'i Faith of Houston, and uh, we're hosting the public, the community, as well as a lot of the council members, constable, uh, you know, city uh, officials, nonprofits, refugee or organizations such as Tahrir Justice Center, and more. And we have some uh, local celebrities as well that are going to be joining us. We even have an Afghan human rights activist joining us from Austin. Mm -hmm to talk about refugee as a symptom of human rights violations. 
We're not going to talk about refugee crisis. We're not going to focus on uh, anything political. What we want to talk about is our Houston community receiving so many refugees and how we can help them and how we can have empathy and identify the human rights violations that are contributing to the status of refugee. I love that. I love that. So, yeah. um, well, first of all, the first thing is you said you've seen some of our episodes and that's completely unacceptable. So you're going to have to sit down and watch the rest. Um, and I, and I want to report watch 250 word uh, synopsis of each one. You have 24 hours to submit. Um, but beyond that, I know exactly. Right. Exactly. So, but yeah, no, I like that. I, I find that a lot of times we sit and we, we think about the refugee crisis and the burden and is it our, is it our duty? Is it not? Is it what, but we rarely think about what are the circumstances that created the situation where there are people in that dire state and that dire need to do. And, and many times, um, a lot of those countries that are having that debate are the ones that maybe created the refugees in the first place in the sense of creating the conflict zones that are, that are leading to it. So that's beautiful. I, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to hearing about that. And, and, and yeah. People can watch us live on YouTube on Dunya's back studies channel. We will definitely be posting it's and bits on Instagram. People can follow us equal human rights organization on Instagram uh, before we even, our, our website is one click away from being published. And I'm just like waiting for a couple of other things in the next few days to, to work, uh, to work on it and then publish it. But believe it or not, I mean, the name of our foundation, our organization is so dope that as fast as like, as soon as like people heard what we are and what we're about and what our mission and vision is, They've already asked us to collaborate. Some awesome Turkish uh, friends that I have here, they've already asked us to be a part of um, the Rumi and Love Night that they have in Houston, celebrating Rumi, the Dervish culture, um, um, serving some Dervish food, and obviously playing some awesome music. I already took out my Persian outfits. I'm going to dress up and go and uh say some uh I'm, I'm going to like say like a declame you know i'm not gonna like sing the songs because nobody would like to hear me sing you know that's like pejman we'll leave the singing to pejman but i don't know if i'm gonna fit in my clothes because i've like gained like 30 pounds since i bought them but you know i think i can pull it off <laughs> okay we do want to hear you sing now though i hope you realize that no Go ahead, Mo just Sorry. makes our guests and me sing every episode, and then it's bad, that, guys. That, like I will lose. The, I, you know what? I think it's actually good. It will work. It will help my reputation as a writer. They'll be like, you know what? She's so much better at writing than singing. You know. This is a good time for me to time for me to plug that I teach voice lessons. If anyone's interested in this chat <laughs> or in this uh, or outside, whoever's listening. I need I need your money, so please. And and this is precisely why I keep asking our guests to sing, so that you can actually get leads, right, for your classes. There you go. That's it. He's helping me without helping me. I love it. It's there you great. go. Um, Pejwan, you Sibonia, have a tell us angelic voice. You have an angelic voice, and uh, you know it. Uh, I I appreciate matches, you guys. I'm humble. It matches the I'm soul. Fumbled. Yeah. I'm fumbled. That's a plug. Do your girlfriends listen to your podcast? 
they think I'm hitting on you now, they probably want you more now. I love that it's plural. <laughs> I'm not. I know all, you I'm do not, not discriminate. The only one you're making I'm jealous not. right now, the only one you're making jealous right now, Dunya, is me. I'm I'm actually <laughs> right now that yeah, yeah. Uh, that Pe Pej may have multiple girlfriends and and that's bothering yeah, me. I, you still have a thing going on. I'm, I'm relocating. I'm re I'm relocating to Utah, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, I'm I'm as single as a Pringle, um, and it's uh, yes, I got to. I think we should talk about it now that we've talked about it about how us three uh, met initially. Um, we met at the Azadi Festival in Washington, D.C. Um, what was it? Was it in July. last July? Last July. July 3rd. I thought you get that July, date. July 3rd. July 4th. Remember, it was July 4th. Or no, July 3rd, July 3rd, the night before. That's right. We finished on July 4th because it went, went past midnight. That's, right. That's, yeah. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, with, it was uh, such a good Iman time. I completely man. forgot. Yeah. All right. So such a good time. that's, it was, uh, it was a fun experience. I, I personally loved it. Um, yeah. and I thought, and I hope we can, uh, continue to do events like that. Um, obviously it, it's, uh, not a free, it's not easy to pull it off, but you know, Iman and a bunch of us put, put our brains to the test and we got it done for, I think having only like a month and a half of turnaround. Uh, mm -hmm. I thought it went pretty well. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's where us three met. And then, um, and now we're here, uh, almost five months later. Um, so yeah, what about, uh, let's talk about, uh, your book. Um, I don't know if you have it next to you. Mine it's, I do. and I think you do. Okay. Uh, tell the audience. <laughs> yeah. Same issue as I have. Um, the, Tell the audience uh, what inspired the book um, and it's and why they should all go read it. So I've been I've been writing since I can remember. Okay, I've had um, this passion, this drive to always write. It's very therapeutic for me. Uh, gives me closure, and as well as I like telling stories. Right. And uh, even though I do have ideas of like, you know, sci-fi uh, books to write, but I rather focus on the historical, the memoirs that, you know, I come across people that are very interesting. I mean, I feel like everybody's interesting, but some people, I feel like their story needs to be heard because it's a piece of history. Um, so when I first moved to U.S., I was called many things Then amongst that was terrorist. Many times people called me a terrorist. The very first time it was some kid in college saying, you're too pretty to be a terrorist after I told him I was from Iran. So you hear all about that in the second um, book that comes to follow Tehran to Miami. And um, what was interesting is that I couldn't, I kept telling people uh, I'm from Iran and they couldn't really understand where Iran was on a map. And uh, I kept saying, do you know where Afghanistan is? And do you know where Iraq is? Iran is in the middle. And that's how I kept telling people where Iran is. So, um, you know, my journey since 2007 that I moved to US, I kept I kept explaining what's the difference between Iran, Iranian, 
uh, Persian and Farsi, you know, all of these things, you know, one is ethnicity, one is a race, one is a language. So I kept explaining these different things until I moved from New Mexico to Corpus Christi, where things got way worse. People had no understanding, no empathy, and no interest to figure out where Iran is, who Middle Easterns are. If you are not from Louisiana or Texas or Hispanic, they just do not understand who you are. And that was absolutely fine. I didn't look down on anyone. I just felt like, I just felt the need and I felt the responsibility to teach. And in New Mexico, I taught Farsi. You know, I have many, many people that learn how to read and write in Farsi. I have a lot of Iran 101 seminars that I talked about Iran before the revolution and after the revolution in a in a funny comic uh, uh, you know way instead of it being very political. So I did the same thing in Corpus Christi for four years, and I was even asked to come to Houston one time to give a, a you know presentation on Iran. I made a film about uh, I'm a re religious refugee. I'm a Baha'i, and I in 2014 15 I made a film called The Ticket. And he won several prizes around the world. It is about religious persecution uh, um, that happens in Iran. So I do say the word Baha'i only once, but um, the rest I say religious refugees because not only Baha'is are discriminated and oppressed in Iran and persecuted, thrown in jail or killed. Uh, there is also and denied, you know, the right to education, the right to work. Um, uh, but also convert Christians, many Jews and uh, Zoroastrians, um, same thing. So um, long story short, I started writing after I graduated with a degree in mechanical engineering. I started working at an oil and gas company, and then I found myself just writing a lot about the things that happened to us 1980s generation born and raised after the uh, um, revolution in 1979 and uh, born in between in, in the middle of the war and uh, being brainwashed by the by the government um, fed so many lies and superstitions and um, after that I just, I just found myself writing about me and I really thought it was about me and my generation when I was writing the book. And um, in between the stories that I was telling about the food scarcity, the brainwashing in Iran, you know, after the, after um, the Iran and Iraq war, we were all experiencing a lot of material and food scarcity in Iran, even energy scarcity. Like we would go out of electricity at any given time. So we always had to use our, use the, the um, light from outside to do our homework and do not rely on the electricity that we might have had at night to do our homework. So I remember those very vividly. And in between those chapters, I started writing chapters that was very educational to the Westerners, such as what happened and how did Iranians react in Iran when 9-11 happened in the US, right? Because no one talks about it. Nobody says what did what did happen in Iran when that happened. Also talk about cultural things. For example, you know, geography, geographical explanation, climate explanation, and, and a lot of cultural explanations about Iran in every corner of Iran, you know, and how different it is each state from one another. So I even talk about Nowruz and the traditions that comes with it as well as some things that happened to me. And funny thing, 
is that I thought I was writing the book about me. And then when it was published and people started reading it, I realized they kept asking about my mom. And then I was like, then then more people read it. And then they were contacting me from Australia, from Europe, from Canada, and asking uh, and, and, and telling me that I wrote a piece of history. And I could never imagine myself writing history, but it is history being recorded because so much of the things that I say, no one has written about. And um, even the recent Massa or Woman Life Revolution that happened in September of 2022, um, a lot of the reasons behind the uprisings and, um, and people being on the street asking for a regime change is mentioned in the Tehran to Miami book. And you mentioned, so, you know, yeah. sorry, go ahead, Bish. Yeah, go ahead. Rhythm. No, I just, I was going to plug the book again, because obviously yeah. you're going to get a lot of permanent information about things that otherwise you may have been ignorant about. And, and so definitely go get this book. It's on Amazon, correct? Absolutely. It is on Amazon. And I just was working earlier today on the second edition, because there were some changes that I wanted to make to the book. Uh, not too, not too much, just maybe a few sentences. And I actually want to just um, uh, republish it through Amazon only because that's where the major purchases are happening. So um, yeah, that's where it's going to be. Nice. It is. Go get zero. it guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go purchase it or I'll find you. Uh, Mo, what were you? Uh, yeah, no, I wanted to, cause you, you had mentioned Tej that, you know, we, uh, I guess you and I had met before, but the three of us really kind of met during the Azadi festival, very much inspired, you know, for those that weren't familiar with it, very much inspired by the women life freedom, uh, revolution. Um, <clears throat> and you mentioned it as well, how it relates to, to, you know, your history and your background, your book. One of the things that struck me in mean, the last, you know, 45 days, um, is that, and it's longer than that now, but what's, what's really struck me is, the fragmentation that's occurred within the Persian community. Like, you know, we, we saw this a few times over the last year and a year and a bit. Um, we saw it uh, initially when people were looking for um, non-domestic leaders to lead this revolution. And what I mean by that is those that are outside of Iran and the diaspora. Um, and there was a little bit of conflict there. We saw the traditional kind of, you know, you've got your, you know, your MEK supporters, you've got your monarchists, you've got your secularists, you've got yours. There, there was all of that. But once we started kind of co becoming a little bit more cohesive again, then there was that um, alliance that that came about, the alliance of celebrity uh, protesters and celebrity activists. Um, you know, Reza Pahlavi being one of them, Masyadi Najad being the other, Mohammed Ismailoun being another. So all these, there was that. And then when that, you know, fell apart um, and, and we, we saw another major low. But in the last 45 days, what we've seen is almost a complete shattering of that unity. And the criticism that I see on both sides, and I'm going to set this up and then I'm going to, I'm going to hand it to you to, to, to give us your thoughts is I'm seeing a lot of criticism for those that are now speaking up for uh, Palestine and the situation that's that's in the crisis that's going on there and and the length of this crisis, 75 years, the scope of you know this this humanitarian crisis, 
Um, and, you know, there's been criticism there. We've, we've abandoned the fight there. Then we're seeing on the other, opposite side of that, we're seeing those that are criticizing the ones that are speaking up here, saying that we need to stand behind Israel in this crisis. And they've kind of abandoned Iran in that sense as well, because they're really look, you know, taking another side here. And we're hearing a lot of talk about the octopus, right? And, and the first thing is I really want to give all of the people that use that analogy of the octopus an anatomy lesson. You do not kill an octopus by cutting off a tentacle. Many octopus can grow those tentacles back. And I think it's a very good analogy. You, you do have to go for the head. That is the only way to kill an octopus. Um, you, don't just, you don't just trim its tentacles. So. I'm never coming to your house for dinner, dude. You don't, you don't like octopus? What? Yeah, what, <laughs> what the hell? Where do you even get that? Jesus. Where do I get what? What? So the octopus thing? What, what do you mean? No, I'm saying, where do you actually kill these octopus that you're talking about? Or is it? I, why would the, I be? I don't even know the plural for octopus. What is it? Octopi. Octopi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you yeah. just saw pie and you're like, nice. I'm going to. Octopi pie. Yeah. Octopi pie is great. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but, but here we are. No, but... Exactly. Yeah. So here we are. It will let people know that, you know, we're recording this on Thanksgiving weekend. So that, that, that makes <laughs> sense. They're going to be seeing it a little bit later, but. Um, but yeah, this is where we are, right? We've we've completely fragmented. It feels like the revolution has lost its steam. Um, the Islamic Republic is, has been executing multiple people a day over the last 45 days. They just executed a 16-year-old child. Um, and we are too busy fighting with each other. And um, Iran and, you know, again... Uh, Iran is suffering because of it, or the people of Iran are suffering because of it. Um, but I'd like to hear your thoughts because I'm I'm a little bit divided on this issue myself. But I'd love to hear what you think. So um, I would start from here by saying that even here in Houston, I have some friends, Iranian friends, that say uh, I only fight for Iran. I don't care about anything else in the world uh, that is happening. Um, I respect them. Um, and um, I help them in any way I can. I call myself a human rights activist. And when and nobody gives you that title, you, you have to start calling yourself at something. There is no degree. There are certifications that you can go get trained. But I feel like there is no degree or there is no job that they hand you. And then all of a sudden your title is a human rights activist. Mm. I, I believe as a human rights activist, as Donia, uh, I never stopped fighting for Ukraine. I never stopped posting about Ukraine. I get goosebumps just mentioning it. I never stopped fighting for Syria and Afghanistan and Iraqis. I never will. I never stopped fighting for our south border Mexico, Mexico, all the things that happens there, and El Salvadorians, and, and so much more that is happening in South America. And I haven't stopped fighting for Iran. And, and I started fighting for uh, what's happening in the Philistine-Israel region, okay? Now, um, there is a lot of, there is a lot of uh, distractions. I feel like uh, we've come We've been through this whole one year and we know that there has 
there has been a lot of um, situations that have arisen and, and wanted to divide us from one another, right? Some of us um, left groups, it blocked each other on social media and just said, oh, everybody block that person. That person is X, Y, Z. Um, and I literally was having that same, very similar conversation last night. And I think we need to have empathy for each other. We need to stop pointing finger because when you do this, there's three other ones that is pointing towards yourself. Um, if somebody wants to tag me on, on Palestine stuff or Israel stuff or Afghanistan or Iran, I always do my own um, due diligence before I accept that post. I accept that story. I accept that whatever it is, right? And I don't have to like everything. I don't have to share everything. I do my own study, right? Um, of what is it that I want to share. Another thing is that um, I think this is what Islamic Republic wanted uh, us to be distracted by what's happening in Palestine, right? So we stop being the voice of Iranians and then and then either we're either the voice of Palestine and Israel or depending where, which side we stand on or both. And then also at some point when that thing goes away or when we get tired of that region, then we also have forgotten or lost our energy or momentum about Iran. So no, we shouldn't lose our momentum about anything. Um, if you choose not to fight for Israel or, or Palestine or in any other country, that's your choice. But as an Iranian, we cannot stop um, fighting for the children that are being executed. It's it's exhausting. And something that Islamic Republic wants and the whole world wants is for this whole thing in Iran to become normalized, just like Ukraine has become normalized right now. You know, people are not crying over Ukraine anymore, which is sad. I mean, people are still dying. That thing, that region is still under a lot of attacks. But the news doesn't report about it anymore. They, they don't report on it. And the moment news stops reporting on a topic, we think magically it's gone. It, it went away. That's why as Iranians, we kill ourselves for the last year. And I still do. I still message the local news. I sent them, I sent them the stories and I'm like, this is what's happening. They choose not to cover. But um, but that doesn't mean we're not. We're not covering it, you know, in our own social media. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you said a couple of really interesting things, right? Like, so, um, you know, the the first being, uh, you know, the fight isn't going to stop. We're still continuing, um, you know, and I and, and Pej knows this. I, I tend to try to cancel myself every episode and I say things that are unpopular. So I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there um, like this. Yeah, no, I don't know how you point. I certainly don't point like this. Uh, no, I don't. The fingers are certainly not pointing at me. Um, it, but uh, something you said about those that say, you know, I'm going to fight for Iran and that's going to be my focus and I'm going to I'm going to go there. I always feel as though the people that go there, they're going there from a place of I'm going to be really straight up racism. Right. Um, it's this idea of Persian supremacy, um, the racism. We, as a culture, many times, many of us see ourselves as the whites in the Middle East. 
Um, and so, you know, we, we, we kind of put ourselves apart and we feel as though our fight or our blood is worth more than, than other people. When I take a look at the world, right. And, and, and I feel the same way about Ukraine. So this is what I mean by, you know, Hey, cancel me if you want. But when it comes to these, when I look at the news coverage and when you see a lot of the coverage about Ukraine over the last, you know, almost two years now we're getting into, um, a lot of the comments are seeing Europeans go through this, seeing blonde hair, blue eyed people who are now refugees and they look, you know, very middle class and very affluent and very sophisticated and they're refugees. And that's what's heartbreaking. In other words, they white. That's that's what they're saying on the news. They white. That's why this is heartbreaking. But in the la in the entire conflict in Ukraine or in the Ukraine, um, more children have died in the last 45 days than the entire conflict in the Ukraine. More people have been killed in the last 45 days than the entire year and a bit of the Iranian revolution and the Zanzendigyozidi revolution. And for me, it's a matter of where is the greatest pain? Where is the greatest hurt in the world? And that's where your primary focus should be. Like the Congo, right? I'm so excited that because of the last 45 days and what's been going on, people are now talking about the Congo and the Cobalt Wars and, and, and the oppression there and what's going on. And, and we're talking about millions of people being murdered over the decades in, in, in the Congo. So what I say is that absolutely, if we are human rights activists, we should be worried about human rights, not about the people that look like us, sound like us, believe like us, and that sort of thing. And so I do. I do, you know, get annoyed at those people who go, I am going to stick to the fight and only the fight for Iran, because you know what? If we forget that we're humans, if we forget humanity, we are never going to be free. And I love that saying, we, we will never be free until we're all free, right? And, and if we don't have that sense of belief, I think we've, we've already lost. We've already lost this revolution. That being said, we do have to keep it up. We do have to still mention it, you know, and all that. But when somebody's kitchen is on fire and then there's an apartment building on fire, you know what? I'm sorry. We got to send the fire brigade to the apartment because that is a bigger, you know, uh, catastrophe that's taking place. But yeah, I know <clears throat> you. You make great points, uh, both of you. I think the biggest issue with with this is we box, um, and I'm guilty of this to a degree myself, we box uh, news into trends, mm. uh, regard, regardless of if lives are on the line or not. It could literally be as jovial as, you know, some... Uh, unhoused guy like you know robbed a liquor store or or the liquor store guy like you know pushed him out or whatever something silly that it's like yes it's important but if that is trending that will become the number one source of news over all the children that are getting killed in all these regions that we just discussed so it's like and and that's that is the the human error with social media right now. And we're, we're unlearning that. I think we're unlearning that as a society. We're unlearning uh, what, how to uh, 
we're we're unlearning the improper way of usage for social media and we're starting to learn that okay we have to actually operate like we have power as as a society we have the power what we share actually matters so um my optimism comes in that uh that unlearning i think what's going to follow is the right way to use social media and ultimately our voices and and um talking about all the atrocities in all of these regions and and hopefully we get to a day where we don't have to anymore because these places have all been liberated obviously but um but yeah that i think just based on what we're seeing with the crisis in in palestine and israel is like the culmination of that is people are just throwing up information that's not researched or that's not uh fact-checked um you also have universities marching uh and you have uh masses talking about the uh the bin laden letter like he, they're, yeah, that they're was ridiculous him. right yeah that they're, was they're glorifying him like that and and again it comes from this trendy like what's trendy like that became a trend right osama bin laden's letter from like 20 years ago became a trend and 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 people are actually talking about mass conversion right to to protest against what's happening and it's like okay you're literally fighting fire with fire like no one is remembering that this guy was a terrorist like it's like we don't we don't know how to just look at multiple truths like it's always got to be extremes and and that's another part it's of black and white right we look yeah, for black and white that. we look for black and white we want the cole's notes on what to believe and who to fight for and who to you know all that sort of thing there's because fighting for all of them is uncomfortable and so we have right? to we have right and yeah, i feel so. like i feel like people that are following me on instagram probably think i'm totally bipolar because i'm posting both sides and yeah. the thing is i don't post everything that i see i do my research and the very first thing that I did when I saw the Hamas attack, right, uh, and there there had not been a retaliation from Israel just yet, uh, at least not to this degree, I started listening to Lex Friedman's um, podcasts and that uh, he had interviewed uh, Netanyahu as well as... Um, Mohammed Al Court, I think. Um, he's a journalist. I listened to both of them. That was six, that was actually one hour with Netanyahu, I think, or two hours, and then another three hours with Al Court. And then I listened to Jared Kushner's that came out right after the attack happened. Um, that was another three hours. I just listened to a lot of different things, and I didn't take everything face value. I used my own brain. You know, we're in a society that we keep saying, we don't need an imam. We don't need a leader, a religious leader to tell us what to do. We want to use your, our own brain. Okay, then great. Then use it. You know, even in the, in the Baha'i writings, for example, it says read the Baha'i writing and then use your own brain to interpret it for yourself, for your own use. 
So I always I always read everything. I listen to the Fox, I listen to CNN, I listen to whatever people put on Instagram. Some of the people that I follow on Instagram, I don't even like what they're posting, but I still, I know it's uncomfortable for me to watch because I don't like what they're posting, but I don't just completely uh, block it out of my life because I'm like, there is a little bit of a truth in all of it. Mm-hmm. And I am seeking for the truth. And um, the truth is not linear. That's the it's whole It's not. It's yeah. like, really, there is a lot of like, you see my shirt, there is black and white and gray. And just, it's it's all of it is together. And that's what's beautiful. And at the end of the day, if, if you're fighting for anything, it should be human rights, right? And and if somebody doesn't have water, regardless they're Ukrainian or Afghani, they don't have water, okay? If they don't have access to food, they don't. Have, those are basic things that people need, and that's what um, I feel like. A lot of the conversations and the events I put here in Houston is is about human rights. I haven't had a problem trying to control the crowd, not talk about politics, because when people come and they'll just start talking to each other they they have empathy rumi rumi our beloved poet rumi has a lot of poetry about love and empathy so i urge the iranians and non-iranians um to please reflect on some of the poetry that rumi has um produced that still even if it's translated to English, it carries its vis- wisdom and message. Um, take some time away from your phones and just meditate. Just yeah, I like I like the idea you say, Donia. Like you, to to take a look at a variety of stuff. I I I don't know if Jared Kushner and you know BB Netanyahu are are very <laughs> are a very varied source. But absolutely, there's a lot out there. That's what they're a very aligned source, right? And 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 but but and you that's know, they, okay. We need to listen to everybody, right? right? Absolutely, we need to listen to everybody, and we need to we need to really open our perspective. And and one of the main things here is um, this false narrative of this all having begun on October seventh mm-hmm. is is ludicrous, right? Like, you know, we're looking at a 75 year occupation apartheid state that's been keeping people in a, you know, in a concentration camp and wondering why they so pissed off, right? Can't you just be happy with being oppressed? Come on, this could get worse. That isn't gonna work anymore, right? That isn't gonna work. We saw that in Iran. It's not gonna work anymore. The kids are pissed. It's not gonna work in Palestine. The average age of those, um, the average age of those resistance fighters on October 7th was 22 years old. They lived only through this, but they probably never even had a proper meal their entire life. And we're sitting here going, you know, why aren't they abiding by the rules of war when we have the fourth strongest military in the world not abiding by the rules of war, right? So absolutely, right? We have to kind of take a look at this as a, as a wider thing. And, and if and I, I may add this, Israel has violated all the UN laws and regulations that was put uh, together years ago, right? And that that division of West Bank and Gaza happened, as well as in the last 45 days, you know, almost two months, they have violated so much. They even 
with the bombing that they did, they killed 75 of UN, over 75 of UN yeah. workers. Yeah. Um, I get goosebumps just to think about it. I cried, I, I'm Iranian and I cried for Iran and what happened in Iran and all the executions, but I swear yeah. to God, I have been crying more for Palestine. And I can't even, I, I would have never imagined myself being so upset at Palestine more than Iran. Yeah. You know, now some people might want to judge me for the fact that I'm more upset about what's happening in Palestine than Iran. But I feel like there's two, it, these are two different types of uh, oppression. And um, I don't know, it's just, we have it breaks to, my heart. Yeah, we, we can't, the one of the biggest um, manufacturers um, that we are all as as a as a society like an, a world society that we adhere to is this idea of borders and huh. and this idea of like oh that's that country and this is this country and therefore and i'm in this country guys that is complete bullshit like why are we forgetting that these are all decided on at some point in history that oh i'm gonna draw a line here don't come on this side and i won't come on that like we forget it's in the simplicity of it right it's in the simplicity that a lot of the shit we're they want us to be divided over is man-made yeah, specifically man-made so yeah. it's like and arbitrary right and arbitrary and arbitrary. completely and, and non-tangible right? it comes from tribalism so i get that because he, he the evolution of the humanity is that you know we were in different uh tribes like the origin of humans but it's um and we've talked about this on previous episodes, but you know, this idea of greed and, and, and where it comes from and, and how it literally corrupts our minds to start thinking with these masks. Right. And I put, I, I put religion on that too. I think yeah. the idea of religion is given us an excuse to not care. And, and, and it's given us an excuse to divide, but it's actually, not even part of most of these religions the the fundamentals of all of these religions is uh love love your neighbor i'm not saying all the religions i'm saying a lot of them say and i and i'm lucky enough to have worked with several different uh organizations of different religions uh i was born baha'i and and i still have my card somewhere but it's uh do you get a card <laughs> yeah we get That's a card awesome. what do you get what do you get i i don't know i'm a i'm as close to a cough ad as you can get. I'm a, I'm a freaking infidel. Oh, I can yeah. I can I just say, you know, what's interesting is that we were all born in, uh, well, were you born in Canada, Mohammed? Mo? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, we're all Iranian. Right? I was like, whenever someone calls me Mohammed, I feel like going, you're in trouble. Okay. No, no, sorry. no, no, no. I'm like, who's she talking to? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. To, to, for the Western audience, the, that's the only name they think of when they hear Mo. They, they weren't thinking of Mohsen. Like, come on. That's when right. I moved to Montreal, which has a massive Jewish population, I would right. go I would go to Outremont, which is like a very, very orthodox Jewish neighborhood. My um, my director was there. I'd go for Shabbat dinner and we would 
um, to, to his house with his family and uh, and whatnot. His wife, the first time she met me, um, said, "Oh, Mo, that's an interesting name. What is that short for, Moshi?" I'm like, "Sure, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's right." And my and Ari, my my director, kind of just looks at me and smiles. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's, it's Muhammad. That's what sure for. But, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's like when when you call somebody with their middle name, my one of my coworkers, he's like, call me this, but you know, my name's this, but call me that, you know. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. what happens if I call you this? He's like, that means I'm in trouble. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> my full name. Not all of us are lucky. Not all of us are lucky to be called literally the world. So oh, I am called the world. Yes. And and something is interesting is that after living in the US for almost 17 years, I am Iranian, but I identify as Mexican. Okay. Because (laughs) God, sometimes Puerto Rican, sometimes Venezuela, but like Latina in general, right? I always say I wish I was born in Mexico. I wish I was born in Mexico. I always say I wish I was born in Mexico. Yes. My friend, my Mexican friend is like, when it all hits the fan, Donia, I'll take you to Mexico until all quiet. I was like, like, this is when I wish we had built that wall. (laughs) Keep keep the gringos out. Keep the gringos out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was like, yeah, but hey, you know, you're, you know, I'm, a, I'm Iranian, but I'm definitely Latina in heart. And, and, and when you come to my house and you see my friends, my, some of my best friends are Latina. And my house, you know, when they come to my house, people are usually, like I have a Baha'i prayer in, in Farsi and in English, you know, um, that says, you know, plan not, but, you know, the uh, rose of love in your the garden of your heart. Um I'm so kicked out after saying that's this. That's one part. of our bars, anyway, bro. That's one of our bars. <laughs> Anyways, they already punched <laughs> the hole in my card. Uh, <laughs> but I have like so many mixed. I want one of these cards. Up. I want one of these cards. I just want to see a card. Is it, just is it laminated? Card. Is it laminated or is it plastic? You can, you can laminate it if you want. It's like nice. a credit card. It's like a credit is card, it? actually. Yeah. It just has nice. no money on it. You have to actually put oh. the money in. Yeah. Oh, that's no fun. That's not worth it. I gotta, I gotta find it. I gotta find another religion that actually pays me. Um, all right, you know, we, we kind of touched on, we kind of danced around this a little bit, and I think it's it behooves us to talk about this definitely today. Um, it's uh, we are, I guess, not forty-eight hours in. I think we're like thirty-eight hours in, sort of, give or take. There's some breaks and cuts and whatever um, into this, and I'm not going to call it a ceasefire uh, because no one else is calling it a ceasefire. It's a pause. Um, some would say a pause in aggression, a pause in the war. War is generally between two militaries. Um, a pause in a genocide, uh, whatever you want to call it. There's a pause right now. There was an agreement to uh, exchange hostages, um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of footage coming out, right? Stuff that doesn't need to be researched because we're literally watching life unfold in front of us. Um, There's been a lot of disturbing images. There's been some heartwarming images. There's been some surprising images um, that I'd love to kind of see what you guys think of. And what I'm specifically referring to is uh, the lead up to this pause in atrocities um, and 
the ramping up of a lot of bombing and and shootings and whatnot in the West Bank, because we know that what's happening in the West Bank is that uh, settlers have been armed further in the last you know 45 days, and they are uh, basically going out uh, vigilante style and and kind of uh, doing their own thing. Um, we also saw a lot more bombing in in Gaza as well. And then when the the ceasefire happened, um, actually, sorry, one of those uh, we were talking before we started recording about. Um, how there was a, an individual who had dedicated a bomb <laughs> to his daughter's birthday um, and then was taking a video for social media and you see uh, and the bomb goes off a residential building falls and he wishes his daughter a happy birthday and celebrates. Um, you know, that I think is one of the lower points of what we've been seeing is, you know, I, I look at my daughter and um, I just want to give her love and I want to show her love. Uh, I certainly am not going to be uh, dedicating death to her. And then on the opposite side of that, we're seeing images of hostages being released, um, almost being thankful, uh, you know, to, to, you know, the militants or to the resistance fighters that were there. Um, and, and the humanity of an elderly woman uh, who was taken hostage, which is disgusting to begin with, right? Who takes an elderly person as a hostage, it's sick. But when she's being returned, being carried into an ambulance, right? Like the, the care being put there. And it's this weird counter of like, you're taking hostages and then here you are carrying them into an ambulance and showing them care. And that's another image that was really strange to see and really, really odd to see. There was a, there was a break in the ceasefire within a couple hours um, or in the, in the pause uh, after a couple hours because people were kind of backing out of the deal. Uh, the way that they should have been. Um, there's been a lot of questions about, um, you know, Israel is going to release 150 women and children. Why do you have 150 women and children to release? They actually is, said is females question. and teenagers. They said females and yeah. teenagers are going to be released from Israel and Hamas is going to release women and children. And there was a video about the fact that why are you calling the other ones females? I mean, the word female is used for other forms of lives as yeah. well, right? Plants, animals, insects. Yeah. Um, when you want to degrade a race, you find yeah. a way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They want you to yeah. be... they. They're operating under the notion that society is asleep. And, and we were. We were asleep for a long time, and we were not seeing a lot of this. But people have, are waking up in masses, and people are starting to... And that's the good part about it. Yes, there's a lot of emotional posts that are happening. Um, there's a lot of uh, propaganda that's being reshared because we think it's true. Um, but it's step by step. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna run a run a race when you just learned how to crawl, you know. So it's it's the uh, it's it's kind of like that's what I mean by unlearning. Like we're we're slowly are like coming out of this matrix, right? That's kind of how it feels. It's like we're slowly are like oh shit. Now obviously people that are Middle Easterners, like we we are a, a little more aware of this stuff, right? But like, I'm talking about the West, right? The Western society, there was never talks of this going to school here in grade school. They don't talk about, they never, 
I the the the, the word Palestine or Palestine is never discussed, right? In, or it was a dirty word, right? Or it was a dirty word. I didn't even know what it was until I was older, yeah. right? Wow. Now in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah. I mean, again, I went to, like from third grade. I was in America, so it's like I got that experience, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, and then I think back, and then I like talk to talk to my cousins in Iran, and they're like, and like the the just the when I was comparing our educations, right? And they were on, the, and obviously the Islamic Republic is on the opposite end of that, right? They're not sharing anything about, you know, U.S. is dirty. Same, same wording, just insert, right? A different <laughs> country. So, but that's the point is propaganda fighting propaganda. And it just, in the, it's embedded in the system, which is why we, we, we've been asleep for all these years. The internet has given us the, the ultimate weapon to come out of it, right? And, and, and that's where... Um, I'm eager to see where the next, you know, 10 to 30 years is going to look like. So. Go ahead, Tony. I think you were going to say something. Speaking of U.S., um, I think we, before we started, um, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm proud to be a U.S. citizen and be able to, to say the things I say freely, uh, even though I do get judged by some people, but I see a lot of Americans very much curious about what I think about the current administration and the things they've done. Even the previous Democratic administrations, now I'm not Democrat nor Republic, but I just want to tell you, you know, I, I don't I don't support one blindly. Um, we might as well put a turban over Biden's head for releasing $6 billion to the Islamic Republic. We did call um, the White House three times a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, midday, and we encouraged others to do the same and asked the Biden administration to uh, maybe think a little harder. What are the repercussions? What are the consequences of releasing that $6 billion? Now, I say releasing because the U.S. didn't hand over $6 billion to Iran. It was Iran's money, Islamic Republic's money from selling their oil, but their, it, their money was just seized uh, and it was released. So I just want to clarify that as well, because we keep saying U.S. gave $6 billion. No, U.S. did not give $6 billion. Now, with that said... Just a couple of weeks after that money was released is when the Hamas attack happened. And, you know, this is not a funny situation where we would totally laugh about it, you know, because yeah. we literally said it. And this is not a time to say we said so, um, but um, we said so. Literally, we did say it. We said, before you know it, the consequences of Islamic Republic getting that $6 billion is going to come to your front door to fight uh, an octopus, an evil regime like Islamic Republic or the Taliban or, you know, Hamas, I would say itself. You can't um, just think they're over there and they're not, they're not in our territory, they're not in our zip code, so we do not worry about it. No, we need to worry about it because um, whatever happens on that side of the world or any other part of the world, it's the butterfly effect. It, it will um, affect us here now, whether it's politically, uh, 
socioeconomically, economically, uh, emotionally, we will all suffer together as one human race. So um, I don't know how much time we have, but I, before we before we wrap this up, I just want to say one thing. This 45 days um, of just terrible things happening to both Israelis and Palestinians, it's setting those generations that are going through it, those children, the teenagers, the elderly, whoever they are, man, woman, setting them, um, it's, set, it's a setback for them for generations to come. Mm -hmm. It's not like we see Spire today, all of a sudden, it's all good. No, all those towns need to be rebuilt. Those kids need to be re-educated. Those kids need to go through all this mental health therapy. And who's going to provide that to them? Who's going to go rebuild their cities? Who's going to hand them their rights? Who's going to hand them a bottle of water and say, sit here, let me let me talk to you for two seconds. You know, how do you feel today? You know, it's it's all of that. And imagine while we're going through all of this, how many lives are lost and how many inventions are not happening, how much research is not taking place, and how many people are just throwing away their hopes and dreams just because their color of their skin or eyes are different from us doesn't mean they do not share the same feelings as we do. That's why we need to look at it as a humanitarian crisis than a regional crisis. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the one of the trends that I've been seeing, which I think kind of relates to what you were saying right now, um, I hate using the word trend. I feel like it's anyways, but um, we're seeing a lot of videos coming out in the last few days. Um, Christian, Jewish, Muslim, uh, Hindu, Sikh. Uh, atheists and a common thread and message that's coming out because we've seen a lot of horrific things coming out of um, coming out of Palestine and people are saying that you know when I saw that video of the father holding his dead child and kissing her eyes and taking a selfie with her because that's it right he's never going to see her again um, or whatever and they're saying you know what if you killed my child and that was me, you've just created a terrorist at that point, right? And people are now seeing it. People are now understanding that that pain and that grief and losing that child, losing the parent, losing the siblings, losing your entire family, losing your livelihood, livelihood less so. I've seen, I've seen especially in, in, uh, in Palestine, in, in Palestine, a lot of uh, people who are quite okay with losing their homes and possessions um it's it's really the the loss of life that that really hits people but i'm amazed at the fact that there are people right now who are moving beyond those rules of who looks like me who thinks like me who sounds like me who believes like me and they're really just seeing human beings with children um with families with elderly with with loved ones and how far can you push them before this becomes an untenable situation and i think that understanding is going to go a long way you mentioned biden they're talking about releasing another 10 billion in the next in the next week or two to Iran. Um, and 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 this is going to be held by Iraq, who's a who's a very good um, friend of, of Iran's um, or the Islamic Republic, I should say, rather. 
Um, and so that's only going to make things worse. Whenever I take a look at this conflict, I ask myself, who's benefiting and, and who's being hurt? The people that are benefiting right now are the Islamic Republic. The people that are benefiting right now are the leadership of Hamas. The people that are benefiting right now are the, the, the Israeli regime. Netanyahu was having a hell of a year, right? He's doing great now. Um, as far as the, all that talk is is gone. People still really dislike him in the country. For a year, Israelis have been protesting against him, have been asking for change, have been, have been sick of the fascist movement that's happening in that country. Um, and all of that has kind of gone away, just like the Zanzibar revolution has gone away. Um, and like I said, they lined the pockets of Hamas, but who's suffering? It's the people of Palestine, it's the people of Israel, and it's the people of Iran. And until we realize that those are the ones that we need to get behind, right? It's the regular people that we need to get behind um, and that there is no difference between us and them. Their fears are the same as ours. We talked about Maslow's uh, hierarchy or his pyramid a couple of weeks ago. You know, we all need those things. We all search for the same things: security, shelter, food, love, recognition. Um, and, and as soon as we realize that we have that in common, I think the sooner things are gonna, are gonna improve. But we're not letting you go yet, unless you need to go, don't you, John? Because we have a few more things to talk about, unless you unless you need to go. I don't need to go. All right. Are good. you sure? I talk a lot. If I leave, you guys can talk more. <laughs> we'll just interrupt you and put you on mute. That's that's, that's the nice thing with technology. Today. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> okay, but um, let's move away from... Let's move away from this, because I think all of us are, are... I can hear it in our voices. I can see it in our eyes. Um, we're hurting right now. And, and I do want to talk about something else that's popping off. Um, and that's, uh, and that's Mount Etna. Um, so incredibly famous volcano, uh, in, in Italy, uh, it's, it's going off again right now, uh, near Sicily. Um, for now they've just shut down, uh, planes, uh, and air traffic in the area. Uh, it's put it on a bit of a light show. Uh, they, they still don't feel there's going to be some large danger, but they are watching it closely. So definitely something that, uh, that we should be aware of. I didn't even know there was a volcano happening. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It apparently goes off quite often. Like it's an active volcano. It's one of the few active volcanoes in, in Europe. Um, yeah. But it, it's, yeah, it's erupting. And it, and it happened in 2022 as well. It happened earlier in June this year as well. Some people think that this may be culminating into something um but uh, definitely something to keep an eye on right mm -hmm. definitely very scary are we going to the weather portion reporting portion of the episode no no volcanoes aren't weather <laughs> uh, it, it does affect weather <laughs> no um <laughs> that's crazy man um yeah i obviously um prayers to to people in that region uh, as well uh um, hopefully it is contained as best as we can, but listen, we've been pissing off mother nature for centuries. Um, I think I'm kind of for it. Like let mother nature just have at it with the, just be like, Oh, you guys want to create your own problems. Damn. You know what I mean? Just, I'm just saying like with, with just, just to warn us a little bit, like, listen, you actually don't have all the power you think you have. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you, you have a show of force, a show just of a force. show of force. I'm not okay, saying good. people need to get hurt. I'm just saying a okay, little good. warning to remind us, like, listen, you, that's it. So you remember 
You know what I mean? She's like, just... us right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I thought you were getting dark on me, brother. I was like, damn. Oh, no, 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 no. We have enough lives being lost. I'm, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying like, just to warn us, hey, remember, I'm in charge here. That's, that's all. That's, that's really what I meant by that. But, um, what else I is mean... on the topic for tonight? Cause I want to talk about like your logo. What's this eye? Is it the third eye? It's three eyes right now. Yeah. yeah, I know. What's is that the third eye? It is the third eye, yeah. And yeah. sitting in the forehead. Is this some sort of a did I just join a cult? Is this some sort of an alumni alumni thing? Oh, yeah. stop that. Alumni. Stop what is it. that? Put one finger. So the real. whole concept, the whole concept here, and this is why yeah. and you said you said at the top of the show, right? Like, oh, you guys stuck with the TVA name. Absolutely. And I think we I think we liked it to the point where we felt as though it was kind of representative of what we wanted to do. And I think that's where the third eye comes in as well, um, is this the idea of, you know, to be announced or to be determined or to be discussed. This idea of, you know, these are open discussions and, and we're hoping that together we're going to discover and that discovery of the third eye and, and leaving it open to be, you know, receptive. Um, yeah. I think where it comes in. But yeah, thanks for pointing it out. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Mo came up with that. Um, what is, are you waving? It's supposed to be a I white flag. I have a red flag here that I used to use for um, oh. for my uh, own radio show, whenever I had it, or like whenever I do lives, so and I just yeah. wave the red flag. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. Uh, little note, Mo, okay. cut this part out. She's not allowed to use that. She's not allowed to do that. We're gonna. All right. But we, we've sent you. We've sent you a little bottle of Kool Aid for you to drink as well. That's um, right. And that should yeah, be yeah, arriving yeah. on Monday. So make sure. Exactly. That, uh, yes. Make sure. Yes. Because now you are part of the, the family. Absolutely. Oh, Lord. Yes. Thank you for joining the jump Jim over Jones. a fire or something. I'll join any group that says you have to like jump over a fire or have to send us smoke messages. Like, I like that. That's that stuff. Yeah. I can like get behind messages. smoke messages. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can get behind smoke messages. We don't give cards, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. We do not give cards. Yeah. Hey. Right. Laminated or not. They the just, only they just, yeah. they just the only, put a hole in mine, so I need a new one. The only Jim Jones I like is the rapper, guys, for the record. So, um, <laughs> no, um, do you know about that, Donia? Jim Jones? No, I don't. I wasn't okay. born. I was not born here. I don't know what you're talking about. I wasn't either. What's your excuse? Uh, well, I didn't go to high school here. It makes a huge that's, difference when you haven't gone to that's high school. That's true. Yeah, we do learn about cults in our high schools. Absolutely. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually learned about Jim Jones. Just a quick five-second tangent. Jim Jones is was the leader of the People's Church. It was called, and it started in San Francisco. And he started a cult, and then he oh. took and then he took everybody to this uninhibited or on I don't even know inhabited inhabited, inhabited um, region in South America. Yeah, and then he gave them all Kool Aid, and they yes, all yes, died. and they all yeah. committed suicide. It was the yeah. it was the biggest. It was the what was it? It was the largest mass killing until 9 11 happened yeah. so that was yeah we have that in texas too waco you know a bunch waco of yep that's another one yeah. come over here we should have a whole podcast and you're obviously welcome to come back and we should just talk about cults because that shit is very riveting to me i enjoy it um not to podcast, join one. talk about cults and we have two baha'is come on yeah, I've always wanted my own cult, if that if that's any sort okay. of Okay, cut this part. That, <laughs> <laughs> it would be a it would be a happy cult. It would just be a lot of fun and dancing and drinking and just being nice. You that's are right. Fun. You do find a way to cancel yourself every time. <laughs>
he's canceled himself so many times he's come back like it's just yeah yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like Jesus uh, 5.0. I've been resurrected so many times. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, um, all right, what other news? Speaking of, um, speaking of cults, should we talk about Thanksgiving? Yeah, let's talk about Thanksgiving. <laughs> let's talk about Thanksgiving. So it is, um, it's, it, isn't it ironic that the ceasefire um, is over the Thanksgiving weekend? Isn't that? Not at all. I, it, it completely makes sense why they're doing that. That's, it's so weird. That is yeah, so right? weird. Y'all made that connection. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. What What better way to um, celebrate a genocide it's by distractions? It's all distractions. Yeah. Stopping. Yeah. What's going on there? And and people are fed up with Thanksgiving. And I know, Pez, you, when we had talking earlier, you were like, well, you know, we, we've heard about and we're learning more about the history of Thanksgiving in the States. We, we know that it's not a very rosy and happy uh, kumbaya type of a situation. Um, yeah. And so, so I wanted to kind of go and, and take a look at this a little bit deeper, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we also have Thanksgiving in Canada, but we're we're eager beavers because, well, we're Canadian, so we, we like beavers. Um, and, and so we have it a month earlier than you guys. So we actually celebrate Thanksgiving on the second Monday in October, whereas you guys have it on the fourth Thursday in november because yeah. you know it's better for shopping what do you guys cook beavers yeah yeah absolutely beaver tail have you guys ever had beaver tail and again don't get dirty Pesh. beaver tail no, it's not what you think it is beaver tails are basically large they basically it's gushefil is what it is it's oh. like large donuts that are like okay, dipped in maple syrup and sugar and then they put nutella and bananas on it and some crazy those are called beaver tails my prayer oh, goes yeah. out to all the beaver community that's been affected by the canadian practices <laughs> and uh and we just eating beavers and we also learned that canadians come earlier than americans that's what they come earlier than americans and they've got a thing for beaver tail i should have left 10 minutes ago when you guys <laughs> I didn't tell you why stick around. Hey, exactly. We warned you. We warned you. We I didn't know. You. Yeah. This is anything yeah. happens on TBA podcast. Anything. Yeah. Um, so anyway. here's the so here's the story. So people believe that Thanksgiving really began in the States. That's your guys' marketing budget's much bigger than ours. Um, and that that's where it began. Uh, but but it actually began 43 years before that story, right? The, the, the Wampanoag story, 1621, the, the Puritans come, the pilgrims, Puritans, colonists, colonizers, murderers, whatever you want to call them. Um, when they come over and they, they have a feast with, you know, the, uh, the, the, the Wampanoag, uh, uh, indigenous people. And then, you know, it's a three day feast, I think that they have. Um, and as a thank you, they then, um, start genociding, uh, you know, indigenous people in the, in the go back. Where the was Black Friday in that three days? Black Friday, uh, Macy's wasn't open yet at that point. Uh, Macy's was just a, gl a glimmer in in somebody's eye. Um, yeah, it was. Point. It but, was actually just called. It was just called Parade, and then it became the Macy's Parade. Macy's. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> but forty three years before that, um, in in Nunavut, which is a a new uh, province that we have here. Um, I, I don't know why we did that, but we did. I think there was a reason. I, I've never really looked into it. Um, and this was in 1578 when Sir Martin Frobisher sailed from England to get to Newfoundland and they survived the trip, right? They survived the trip 
And so they wanted to have a feast to give thanks for surviving this treacherous journey across the water. And so they had salted beef and, and that sort of thing, um, because that's all you could bring on the boat with you that wouldn't rot. So it makes a little bit more sense, right? Giving thanks for surviving this journey. Um, and then you asked about the food. So in Newfoundland, to this day, the traditional Thanksgiving meal is corned beef, right? To, you know, because they had, they had like the, the salted beef that they brought with them in that first Thanksgiving. In other areas, in like in Quebec, which is where I am, they have, um, I think they call them tartines. They're like uh, they're really disgusting pies with like minced pork and onions in them. Like it's just, it's, it's as nasty as it sounds. Um, and then in other areas, they'll have like a glazed ham, kind of like you would do for Christmas and that sort of thing. But turkey is also quite popular. Um, but yeah, the foods are, the foods are very different, but has a very much less of a, you know, Canada is a colonial power as well, but much less of a colonial tradition in Canadian Thanksgiving um, than we had. Also not as big of a deal. You guys go absolutely apeshit over Thanksgiving. There are football games. There are ridiculous sales where you're punching the shit out of your neighbors to get a deal on a TV. Um, there and, and it really kicks off the Christmas season, which is kind of cool. For us, it kicks off Halloween season, basically, because mm. there's really nothing else in October. There's, there's something going on there. But yeah. So those, my friend, you gave me an assignment. I did give uh, this is my book report. This is the difference between Canadian and American Thanksgiving. I have one comment and one question. Please. I love Pejma. Look at me. Have you noticed? Why am I down there? I'm up here. Have you noticed that that in all of our lives, all of our meetings, Mo has always been trying to say somehow, Canadians are better than Americans. We are no. thanks. We we have nothing to do with the turkeys. We just eat like disgusting mince, this and that. We are cool. We were saying the right things. Y'all were just, just slaughtering everybody over there. That's my comment. Then okay. I have a question. Well, yes. What yes. are your comments on my comment? Because it's true. But do I, I feel as though Canada is better? No, I don't. I don't. And it's certainly <laughs> not. Maybe 30 years ago, I would have I would have died on that hill. Not now. Okay. I think we've I think both countries are a fucking dumpster fire. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I think I think uh, <laughs> Mexico should build that wall. But okay. Yeah. Um, I'm getting canceled again. Is this is this now? Am I six point Am I gonna get yeah. all, right, all right? I'm gonna ship some. Hey, Donia. Uh, do you wanna? Uh, do you wanna? Like, I'm looking for a new host for this. Do you? Do new you wanna, what? a new host for this show like to call oh us. oh me yeah, yeah. we'll yeah, talk this later. other one this other one he's kind yes of, he's kind uh, of whack anyways I this is payback say... this is payback because last week sarah fatemi was on oh. much better comic than pej if you've ever seen her um, i have seen her saying, yeah she's amazing she's brilliant she we, great. we've seen pej and then you see sarah and then you realize what it's all about but yes. um i had asked her if she would want to uh to replace pej on the podcast so i think this is payback i think that's what yeah. he's doing uh, so don't get no, don't get too cocky no i think cocky. i think i think uh <laughs> this was a genuine request from Pejman. but right. I, the the one question i have for you mo yes. is what flavored donut do y'all serve at your thanksgiving we don't 
There are no, and that's probably the biggest problem with Canadian Thanksgiving is that there there are far too few donuts because do we Canadians <laughs> we don't have any donuts. We don't even have Timbits. Uh, we don't even have. Uh, we we had Justin Bieber made donuts for he didn't make them personally, but they were like Justin Bieber donuts at Tim Hortons for a while. I know, I know. I know we're, we love our donuts, right? It's cold up here. We need to kind of keep the body fat up so we don't freeze in the winter. It's going to be minus 40 in a month over here. So you know what? I'm going to eat a shitload of maple donuts to, uh, to, to pack it on so that I stay warm when I go out. Absolutely. But no, not as it's, it's, it's pumpkin pie. It's, you know, all that. It's the same stuff. It's the same stuff. That you can guys I just enjoy. say, can I just say, um, I'll trade Thanksgiving for another Halloween. Yes. I could care less about Thanksgiving. Give me two Halloweens back to back, bro. I'm going ham. Speaking of ham. Um, yeah, I love Halloween. And maybe by by next Halloween, if we're still doing this shit, we can talk about Halloween. But um, yeah, Thanksgiving is, uh, well, the American version, clearly, to me is, uh, I don't care for the food. And I'm the positive guy, by the way, in this group. See, I even give a thumbs up. It floats. Um, and uh, it's, every time, uh, every, every time. time. You know, Pejman, you don't care about the food because you haven't had my food. Oh, Jesus Almighty, on a hockey Let stick. Me do a hair um, flip. What? <laughs> no, you know what my Thanksgivings were growing up? What? A turkey, and then a bunch of Persian food, and that's why exactly like with <laughs> yeah. We had Australia okay. on Thanksgiving here. Nice. I know everyone has their own version of Thanksgiving. It's like, uh, but the people, the people who do it traditionally, like my ex, they actually, <laughs> yeah, the people. I'm sorry. I know. I don't know. I, I glitched for a second. Um, the <laughs> you're, you're buffering my friend. I, well, I, you're running talking memory. About, I started talking <laughs> about my ex and I glitched. Um, <laughs> my, my, my ex, uh, they actually do like we're friends. So I can say this um they're they do it properly like they have a table like a hundred feet long they have all the amen like the traditional uh thanksgiving food i we have traditional had... thanksgiving food here with all my friends iranian and non-iranian hispanic and white and all that and at one end of the thanksgiving table was Ajashe with all the mukhalafat and then at the other end was Bogali polo i kid you not that's great. So I would have been at either end. At our um, house, we would do Thanksgiving recipes Persian style, right? And and it was like like the stuffing would have pistachios and zedish in it. No, I shit you not. The turkey would come out yellow because there was so much fucking saffron on that thing, <laughs> right? Basting it in like saffron and butter. There we would have I'm serious. We, the That's only delicious. Persian the only Persian dish that was there was fesenjun, right? Right? Because it kind of goes with the turkey, right? It, 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 it would work well. But the yams would have something Persian inspired with it. The, you know, whatever the flavors were. were so you're, all you're saying Iranian. your turkeys had a Persian accent? They did. They did. Nice. They were like, gabel, gabel, right? Gabel, Instead gabel. of gobble, gobble. Gabel, gabel. Call me Bur Alamun. <laughs> But you're going to eat me. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Is that why you guys don't do this entire show with a Persian accent? I thought uh, I was already doing that. <laughs> but, well, no, no, like, 
Emphasize. Like heavier, like heavy, like like osh. By the way, what is osh in English? Because our American listeners are probably like, like what the hell? There is a word. T words talking. It's a about? French word. It's a French word, but they use it in English. It's a potage, is what it is. Of course, it's a French word. Some guy from French Canada. Jesus. I'm not from French Canada. First of all, I'm from Vancouver, he's, from British Columbia. And he, and he and tries to say he's better than us Americans. Oh, it's a French oh. word. It has nothing to do. No, no, it's just a word, right? It's just a yes, word yes. is what it is. Potage? What is it? Potage? Potage. P-O-T-A-G-E. Yeah, a potage. Okay. So now how do you translate potage to English? Is there? We had to go one more language. Now, if you that. go to somebody. But that's what it is. Yeah. And say, Matike potage. Are they going to get offended? <laughs> You say Matty Gosh? I don't what 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 I don't get the joke. They don't know here, they don't know what potage oh, means. If I go and okay. say Matike potage, I mean if I say it like that. Yeah. They don't know what potage means, but they definitely know what Martike means in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. She, the way she did bro broke it down. We just basically pushed out the French. Um historically accurate. Uh okay, <laughs> let's let's button this up on this rainbow bridge discussion. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, and this is, uh, and this will be the final topic for this lovely episode. Which Doña, thanks again for staying overtime to deal with our jabroni ass. I'll be billing your ass later on. All right. Um, okay. Go. I guess I'm paying for this. Great. Um, Absolutely, you are. <laughs> if you haven't already, but but the point is, is um, with the Rainbow Bridge, right? But what we want to talk about is i'm gonna i'm gonna bug you guys hey eh? if you're gonna if, if you're gonna replace me on the podcast this is gonna be a very different podcast is is all i'm saying it's be, um no so the rainbow bridge potage, potage yes. situation. it almost sounds it almost sounds it almost sounds like a compliment right it almost sounds like something that you know zoomers would say like dude I went to this, I went to the uh, Taylor Swift concert and it was fucking potage man it was absolutely potage anyways you change your change the name of your podcast to potage oh my potage we, we tba had... potage <laughs> potagers actually... yeah rainbow bridge rainbow bridge so a few days ago um the rainbow bridge first of all is not we're not we're not we're not um talking about anything uh quite fancy or elaborate enough uh, for that name it's really just a cement bridge that um, connects uh, the border in in the states, and yeah, it's near Toronto, mm -hmm. and it goes over near uh, to, to to Detroit. Um, and there was a there was an incident with a vehicle uh, a few days ago, and immediately, and again, this is again, you're gonna, you, I mean, you may say you think Canada's better. I'm gonna say no, Canadians fucked up here. Um, immediately, the Canadian authorities put out the scare that this was a terrorist attack. We think this is a terrorist attack. Um, and so, of course, that's the news that goes out immediately when this happens. And then within a day or two, the American authorities, after investigating the individual, the person, um, the Canadian Americans looked at the vehicle, what was in the vehicle, there were no explosives, the person wasn't anyone that um, was of concern. I don't know their name, actually. Um, but, uh, and then they said, no, this absolutely wasn't, it was just an accident, um, you know, something devastating, something, you know, terrible, but yeah, it wasn't a terrorist attack. The reason why I think we wanted to talk about this was that news cycle, right? How, mm -hmm. and especially with everything that's going on in Palestine, everything that's going on around the world, you know, we hear these events and news and you see even spokes, 
people coming out and and delivering messages and then it just takes off before anyone vets it before they understand really what's going on and that's exactly what happened here the damage was done i remember a few days later when we were talking about it people were still talking about oh yeah that terrorist attack in, in on the rainbow bridge but it wasn't even right so that responsibility of the media to and and we've and we've seen over the last year and a bit with iran now with palestine the media is anything but unbiased and anything but responsible um, but I want to hear what you guys are thinking, because to me, that's that's devastating, because what you've done is you've taken already a hypertense situation, a racially charged uh, situation, a lot of Islamophobia right now, a lot of uh, anti-Semitism and, and hatred for uh, and ha- hatred for for Jewish brothers and sisters as well. And when you start using the T word so willy nilly, um, <laughs> willy nilly, and then I drop. F bombs. I don't. I don't understand where that came from. But when you drop them um, oh, so easily, right? Yeah, exactly. I want. I want something for the kids as well. Yeah. Um, and and so when you when you drop this terminology so easily and you put that message out there, you've already poisoned people's minds. And now they've moved on to the next story. They're not going to hear the correction two days later, right? No. So it's it's discuss. It's always again. Yeah, the trend. That's what it is, man. It's it's trendy <laughs> to lies are trendy. Let's just put that out there uh propaganda works because it works because people believe face value of whatever they read and yeah. that is and th- and i think the lesson here is um research do yeah. do individual investigation of the truth another bar from the baha'i religion <laughs> nice our goal is to just keep talking about baha'i religion here no uh, I, think you, I think you earned my card too I'll yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. UPS. Um, but yeah, I've heard at least, I've heard at least three Baha'i. What do we call them? Do we call them verses? Do we call quotes. them sayings? Do quotes? Right. So I principles. think, yeah, I think I should. Yeah. I think I should get my temporary card at this point. I think and I've been indoctrinated. No. Yeah. Is there like a, is there like a pro it's not, there's not like a student, like a student Baha'i card or something like if you're like a learners <laughs> as you're getting educated. No, you have to go to, you actually have to go to Israel. No, no. Oh, nice. No. Am I going to Haifa? Is that what's going on here? Don't take me at face value. We just talked about this shit. I'm, I'm, I'm testing your research abilities right now. Um, no. If there nothing... is one thing that I would want the listeners to know about the Baha'i faith and the impact it's had on me, because I was not born in a family that both parents were Baha'i. I, my mom is Baha'i. My dad's Muslim. And, you know, I had to investigate the Baha'i faith for four years before I convert. And I tell you, the most beautiful thing about the Baha'i faith is the oneness of God, oneness of religions and oneness of humanity. And one of the best things that the writings teach you is that truthfulness is the foundation of all human virtues you will not be able to attain any other human virtue which is in farsi unless you are truthful now if you lie that means you you do everything else right you can't be a liar and honest or you know uh, just you just can't so if I want the kids to listen to this podcast, like you were saying, well, 
I learned something. I would say. I, I fucking want the kids to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you I better fucking, fucking do. post it on Spotify. <laughs> Those kids better be fucking up to listen to this. Yeah. There you go. Sorry, kids, go ahead. <laughs> truthfulness is the foundation of all human virtues. And, that. Yeah. <laughs> you got that, kids? Got that. Got that. If, if they're listening, if they're listening, they're just going, they said the F word. They said the F word like five times. It was amazing. Um, no, but but uh, I, I have a neighbor here uh, close to us, and and this is an awesome Canadian story. Um, Saido, I freaking love to you, Canada. Brother. All right. Um, no, no, no. He's an he's an older older gentleman. He's he's Baha'i. He's lived in he's lived in Canada for a number of years. Before that, he was in um, I wanted where in Tanzania he was living, and then before that in Iran, and he is the most honest individual I've ever met in my entire life. And that's what he always says. He always says that I'm Baha'i, I can't tell a lie. I'm Baha'i, I can't tell a lie. And it rhymes, which is good because you can remember it. But one of the, and it's incredible because it's gotten to the point where someone will ask him to do something and he doesn't want to, right? And he said like, I, well, what am I supposed to, I can't lie. I can't say that like, you know, so like someone will be like, well, do you want to, you know, can you, can you drive me to the store? And, and he's, and this poor man, he's, He's in his late 60s, early 70s. Um, anybody in this area who uh, doesn't have a vehicle, he is driving them around um, in his free time, taking them shopping, taking their kids to school, taking them to work, whatever. The husbands are out kind of doing their thing. He's driving the families around and helping them. And so when someone calls him to say, hey, can you? are you free to kind of take me shopping right now? He's like, I can't lie, so I have to do it and I have to go. But I absolutely commend him for it. It's a beautiful thing in this day and age for someone to be so absolutely um, beholden to that belief that I need to be honest and truthful. And that is the root of all goodness. Um, it's beautiful. Much better person than me, which is why I say I'm an infidel. Um, no, that's no. Uh, he's a much better person than me. I think he's I think we found the only behind that doesn't lie. No, no. <laughs> hey, Juan, you also do not lie. Um, don't say that. I just lied uh, right now. No, I'm kidding. What? Um, I, I, I'm not a, I've never claimed that I'm any great example of a Baha'i religion, but, um, I also respect, uh, Baha'is and I respect all religions. I respect people and I respect what they believe in. Um, I just, uh, <clears throat> I just generally don't practice the religion anymore. I, I adhere to a couple of the principles naturally. Um, it's not like I'm like, oh, because it's written in the Baha'i writings. It's more so just if it makes sense to me, I believe it. Just like uh, I would do that for um, anything that makes human sense, I'll I'll follow. And if it fits with me, with my personality. Um, Donya is, a, is, is more in touch with the Baha'i practices uh, than I am. But um, but anyway, the the uh, yeah. you know yeah. um no, we we love can we cut this people. part and send it to the assembly please just kidding absolutely um, i'll send them my card too no, uh, it, <laughs> but i was gonna say for the kids at home the way you don't lie and this should be a completely different episode but the way you avoid lying is by simply when you're don't don't be impulsive like just do things like <laughs> just because um, think a little bit before you do something, before you say something, and then say, do I need to lie about this later? Then if you have to lie about it later, just don't do it. That's right. There you go. That's it's right. called prevention. Prevention is the best 
methods, right? Take preventative measures. And I'm about to be super honest right now, guys. You ready? I've had to piss the last 50 minutes and uh, I've been keeping it in. It's uh okay, Paige. There are there are fucking children listening to this, you asshole. What do you do? You don't talk like that in front of little. I'm sorry. Little I was, bastards. I, what you... I've had I've had to urinate for the last. Uh, 50 okay, minutes. all tinkle, right. Tinkle, I... tinkle, come on. Tinkle, what is that? Stop teaching me Canadian English. I'm not interested. Um, I, okay. And by the way, potage is is just the the. Uh, Osh or soup that has been like blended and it's like a paste. So it's, it's not amazing. Osh. It's delicious. We it's have it all over soup. LA. A thick yeah. soup is a potash. It's a yeah. thick Just soup. because it's thick doesn't mean yeah. it's anything that is Persian and is thick doesn't mean it's potash. All right. right. So thank you for joining us, everybody, because this conversation <laughs> is. Did I, wait, uh, did I get the part? I'm sorry. Did I get the part? This conversation. Yeah. This, I think we're going to have to delete this entire episode. Um, <laughs> invite. Sarah fucking back. And yeah. No, no. Uh, this was an amazing episode. I wouldn't want it any different way because we can literally talk about anything and everything. Um, I think we did. We literally covered every topic there is to cover, um, including thick with three C's. Um, all right. Now, I am going to say go right now on Amazon and purchase uh, Donia's book, Tehran to Miami. Um, I think it's better to put the graphic up, so that's what we'll do. I just gave Mo more uh, homework um, of the book, and then um, and follow Donia. Donia, plug away your uh, socials. Zirakshari, Z I R A K S A R I, Donia with a Y, and uh, you can also follow Equal Human Rights Organization, which is a nonprofit that we just started and hoping to spread the word, not just in Houston, but also abroad, you know, beyond Houston, uh, fight for human rights uh, violations, not just in Iran, but also in our own city and country. Exactly. Beautiful. There you go. Beautiful. Donia, lovely having you on. Thank you so much. You're welcome anytime. Thank um, you except Canadian Thanksgiving. Um, and be far less dirty next time you're on, please. Thank you. I was not even, you know. That's right. Well, yeah. No, I mean, take a shower. Take a shower before you I come on next time, this. please. I, I already took two showers today. Wow, two showers. a lot of showers in Texas. That's right. Guys, um, this is amazing. Um, in about a minute, I will piss my pants. So thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Mo, uh, follow Mo. There you go. Here, let's get some balloons up too. Wait, there you go. Nice. Um, that's right. Only mine works because <laughs> mine is better. Um, but anyway, love you guys. This has been TBA Podcast, Episode 6. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us on all our socials, which is on the screen. And um, Donia, you're the best. Appreciate you. Thank Much love. Thank you for Mo. having me. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Pej. Thank you. I uh, I will definitely be listening to this episode because I was in it. Oh, there you go. That's, that's the Donia I know, completely self-absorbed and conceited. There you go. <laughs> that's that's the Donia I know. All right. There it is. All right, guys. Catch you on the next one. Let me hit the stomach.